Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. So, we've been talking about faith-filled prayers. Do you remember the importance of faith-filled prayers? The Bible says when Jesus comes, he's looking for faith. Luke 18, 8. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And we saw Jesus in his ministry looking for faith. He was looking for an opportunity to bless, to heal, to save. And all he needed was faith on the part of the person he was dealing with. In Matthew 8, 13, he said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Matthew 9, 22, Jesus turned and saw her and said, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Now, her faith was simply just saying, yes, please, Lord, I believe, I trust, I receive. Matthew 9, 28, the blind man came and he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? The, the blind man said, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. So we are looking at how to pray faith-filled prayers. I know from my knowledge and understanding and relationship with God that he doesn't ask me to do something unless I can do it. He gives me the power as well as the instruction. And he says, faith is required. James chapter five says, the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. It's simply a prayer of faith, but we've got to understand how to do it. So in the first week, we looked at praise and how praise not only brings God's presence into our situation and into our lives, but it also opens faith for us. It's an amazing thing. When you thank God, when you praise him, when you lift up his name, tell him how great he is. And when you thank him for what's going on in your life, even for the bad things, knowing that he can turn them for good. And you thank him for all the good things as well. When you praise and thank God, faith rises. You are taken to a new level of faith. So praise, man, that's such an important one. Then we looked at his promises, and I love that message so much. His exceedingly great and precious promises that open up a world of faith to us. Abraham and various others, the Israelites, they all responded to promises. Hebrews 11, which is the chapter on faith, it just lists all the heroes of faith. And it, at the end of it says it was the promises that they were believing, but they didn't fully receive the promise. We who now have Jesus can receive all of their promises and Jesus's promise as well. And we can be made complete in faith. So faith is all about promises, praise, promises. But today I want to go a step further. And this is where we start being offensive with our faith. Up until now, we've praised, we've received promises, but it's been quite a passive thing. We are the ones receiving or, or um, having something given to us or done for us. But here we start going on the offensive. 
You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about all the armor that the Christian has to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy, the devil. And it talks about a breastplate of righteousness and a helmet of salvation, a shield of faith and various other things. But then it talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And a sword is, a, is a, an offensive weapon. You take a sword and you move forward and you pierce something with it. And it says it's the word of God. And then it says we pray. So Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. It's one sentence. Take the word of God, praying always. This means we're supposed to take the word of God and in our prayers, use the word of God as a sword. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. The weapons, the armor that we have as Christians are defensive, but they are also offensive and the offensive weapons that we have are words, God's words. The sword of the spirit is the word of God in prayer. And Paul says that I may open my mouth boldly to make known, to proclaim the gospel. So when we speak God's word, it might be just in private in our own room. We're reading God's word and we speak it out aloud. It might be in prayer where we say, thank you, God, and we speak his word. It may be in preaching or telling someone about God where we speak God's word or it might be to a circumstance, and we're going to look at that a little bit later, the amazing power we have to remove mountains. But speaking God's word in the context of prayer is an offensive weapon in prayer, and proclamation is what I've called it. Listen to a couple of very interesting verses. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13 says, Since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. He says there's this link between believing and speaking. I believed and therefore I spoke. We believe and therefore we speak. You can't believe without speaking. Hebrews 11, that chapter that I told you about with all the heroes of faith, it says that they obtained a good testimony or a good report. Faith leads to something coming out of your mouth, a, a report, a testimony. Um, it, it, it's, it's something that we say, a confession of faith. Have you said this? Listen to these words in Romans chapter 10. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend to heaven to bring Christ down? Or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. The righteousness that of faith doesn't say Christ is far away up there or Christ is far away down there. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Can you see the link there? With the heart you believe, but it will always come out of your mouth. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Can I challenge you? Have you moved to stage three of faith-filled prayers where you are speaking God's word with boldness? We believed, therefore we spoke. We believe, therefore we speak. With the heart one believes, with the mouth one speaks. Faith speaks. Amen. Faith proclaims. Let's look at a couple of very useful pictures. Ezekiel chapter 37. God is speaking to the prophet Ezekiel. He said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So Ezekiel has this vision of a valley full of dry bones and he doesn't know what to do with it. Uh, many of us are faced with situations like this. It may not be a vision, but we see a valley of dry bones in our family life, in our finances, in our job prospects, in our future, in our marriages with our children, with the sickness and the isolation that we're all under at the moment, whatever it is. He saw this valley of dry bones and God said to him, prophesy, speak, proclaim to these dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. It's not our words. You see, our words are just human words, but God partners with us and he says, you can speak my words and my words in your mouth are still my words. And because my spirit is in you, there is power. Prophesy to these bones. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter in, into you and you shall live. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, a rattling. The bones came together bone to bone. And it goes on saying how this army rose up. Wow. I wonder if there are situations in our lives where we have praised, where we have understood promises, but we haven't proclaimed anything. We haven't prophesied the word of the Lord to a situation. And as a result, we haven't seen a change. Zechariah. Zerubbabel came back into Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. He was a, a governor, a ruler. And Zechariah, the prophet, said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. <laughs> Have you shouted grace to any mountains that are in your way? We're going to look a little bit later at how Jesus told his disciples on several different occasions to speak to mountains and mulberry trees for some reason. But he said that things can be removed out of our way. Let me just read you a very interesting verse. Psalm 103 is a beautiful psalm. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. And at the end of that psalm, verse 20, it says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Now, in Hebrews chapter 1, it tells us that angels are ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. 
angels' jobs are to minister for us, those who are inheriting salvation. But in Psalm 103, it says, angels listen to the, vo- to the word of God and they listen to the voice of his word. Friend, can I suggest to you that if you don't give voice to God's word, it can be in your heart, it can be in your mind, you can praise God and love him. But if you don't give voice to his word, the angels have nothing to do. But if you do, all sorts of things can change. Right, let's look at the story of the fig tree. Matthew 21 verse 20, Jesus had just cursed a fig tree because it didn't have fruit and he was using it as an object lesson to teach them about prayer and faith and the power of words. And in Matthew 21, 20, when the disciples saw the fig tree, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Can you see the link there between believing, praying, and speaking to mountains? You know, most of us have understood the importance of asking for things in prayer. But there is also a part to play for us to speak to things. In other words, not ask God to do something. Say, I know God has done it. Now I'm speaking. I'm enforcing. I'm releasing his power. I'm giving commands to things like mountains, but also I'm giving the angels something to work with. Let's read another version of that same story in Mark 11. Just after the disciples have marveled at the fig tree withering, Jesus says in Mark 11:22, have faith in God. So the context is faith, faith-filled prayers. Verse 23, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. I want you to just notice in this verse, how many times the word say or says appears. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Friend, imagine that. Imagine that God has given everything, provided, um, made a way, answered your prayers, and he's waiting for you to to do voice activation, for you to say, come on, mountain, move, and we, for whatever reason, don't say it. He will have whatever he says. The next verse says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. In another place, Jesus said in Matthew 17. So this is a totally different uh, event where the disciples tried to cast a demon out of a young boy and they couldn't. They said to him, why can't we? Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, As a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So again, he uses exactly the same idea and picture. He says, speak to mountains, speak to demonic situations, speak to whatever it is. We saw Zerubbabel must speak to the mountain that's stopping the temple being rebuilt. And then in Luke 17, verse 6, another occasion where Jesus says a very similar thing. The Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, You can say to this mulberry tree, 
be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. I don't know what's so important about a mulberry tree, but what I understand about this is that Jesus is saying it's not just one occasion or one circumstance where this works. It can be a demonic situation. It can be an obstacle. It can be multiple different things where we speak and we activate. Now, our words don't have any power in themselves. Remember what God said to Ezekiel. He said, speak the word of the Lord. It's God's word but it's in our voice that makes it powerful. Hallelujah. I've just got a couple more examples. In John chapter 11, Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead, his friend Lazarus. And he's traveled there. He's taken the, the journey quite slowly so that Lazarus would definitely be dead. He didn't want him dead, but he wanted to raise him from the dead. And so Jesus took his time, he got there, and in verse 41 of John 11, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. That's thanks and praise. I know that you always hear me. That's a promise. God says, I will always hear you. But because of the people who are standing here, I said this, that you may believe that you sent me. Jesus was making clear here that he wasn't asking God to raise Lazarus. He's, he knew that God had promised it and that God wanted him to. He started by praise. He says, I'm thanking you, but I'm just wanting everyone here to know that it's you that's done this. But then he says, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. That proclamation, that final step of saying it, Lazarus, come forth. Children, be saved. Non-believers, come into the kingdom. Blinded eyes, be opened. Lack, be gone. Whatever it is, fear, leave me in Jesus' name. Pain, go away from my knee right now in Jesus' name. That act of speaking is important. A couple of other things Jesus did. In Luke chapter 4, Peter's mother-in-law was sick, and it says in verse 39, Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. You see, there's no asking. There's no praying and begging. It's a rebuke. It's releasing something that God has already given and voice activating it. Matthew 8 the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith, not even in Israel. This man understood that it was the speaking of the words that released God's power. And then in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You see, Jesus, we think, He's almighty God. He doesn't need to speak, but he uses God's words. He uses the power of words. Words are the most amazing bridge between the invisible spiritual realm and the physical seen realm. In Hebrews 11 verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were made by the word of God. God spoke from the invisible and he created the visible by his words. In John chapter 6, Jesus said, uh, the flesh counts for nothing. The spirit gives life. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They're this bridge between the power of the spirit realm and the physical realm. 
God's words seem to be the thing that makes the, the spiritual come alive in the physical. And we have the privilege of proclaiming God's words. Revelation 12, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We've got to speak the words. And then my last story is in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are coming to the temple to pray. Uh, prayer is the context of this story. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go in the, into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. Do you see that? Peter knew that he had power from God. He knew he had God's promises. He knew he had God's authority, God's presence. Jesus had commanded him, go and heal the sick. He'd commanded all of us to do that. And Peter said, this thing that I have. Not my words, God's words. Not my power, God's power. This thing that I have, I don't have money, but I have something. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, he proclaimed. And the man rose up, walking, leaping, praising God because of the release of God's power. Friends, we can go overboard and think that our words have power. It's not our words. We can get all proud and think that I can dream up things and start declaring and making things happen with the power of my words. It's, that's not the case. But when we are praising God, when we love Him and thank Him, when we've understood His promises and His word, when we are in relationship with Him, He gives us the privilege and the power of being able to speak His words. I believed and therefore I spoke. Whatever's in the heart, the heart believes, the mouth speaks. The overflow of the heart the mouth will speak. Have you proclaimed? What do we need to do with this? We need to start by praising God. We need to read and love his word and his promises and get them in our hearts. And then there comes a time where we start speaking to situations, to mountains and mulberry trees, to whatever it is. You know, a mountain and a mulberry tree don't look the same. And different situations, you might say, well, it worked for me when I had a sore knee and I spoke to it. But will it work for my finances? God says, a mountain and a mulberry tree. It doesn't matter. Speak to that thing. Say grace, grace to it. Speak God's power. Grace means God's power, not my power. Speak God's words and realize you are just the delivery messenger. You are not the one with the power. It's not your righteousness. It's not your goodness. It's God's goodness. It's God's power. But his words in your mouth, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying with all kinds of prayers in the spirit. It's God's words. It's God's power. But as we say them, we see things change. We see things change. And can I just encourage you to keep doing it? There's a story of a man called John Wimber who is dead now, but he had an amazing healing ministry. But he testified that for the first year 
after he understood what God's word said about healing, he started praying and, and trying to minister healing to people. And for the first year, they saw nobody get healed. In fact, people got sicker and died. But he persevered. He kept going. And this is what our fourth P next week is going to be perseverance. But he kept going. He kept saying God's word. He kept proclaiming. And one day he walked in, he prayed for someone and he had very little faith and he was walking out expecting the person not to get better and the person was instantly healed and from then the healing miracles started to flow through John Wimber and many many other people uh, in in his circle of churches and I want to say to you that God is the same he wants us to persevere and next week we're going to look at why sometimes prayers take some time to be effective but I want to encourage you now Speak God's word. Keep speaking God's word. Don't stop. See the valley of dry bones. Prophesy God's word to it. Tell it what to do. Use God's promises and speak God's words into situations. Prophesy against things. Speak God's words just in praise. Just say, thank you, God, and speak things that are true about him. And you will see things change because our voice, God's word in my mouth, has power because of his spirit and because it's his word. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.